Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. It's Cody Gotham's Cave Crusader, and we're keeping it geekly. Yes, this is your number one stop for all things geek culture, from comic books to video games and so much more. And man, oh man, am I excited to be warming you guys up on this cold, snowy day with some hot news and some fresh DC comics right off the press. So without further hesitation, let's go ahead and dive right in and let's see what's buzzing. So first things first, let's go ahead and talk about one of the more interesting pieces of news this week. So it looks like the Library of Congress has recognized 25 films as being cultural significant, ranging from Lord of the Rings to Return of the Jedi. Now, it looks like this is thanks in part to a large chunk of online lobbying by fans, but it looks like Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi and Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring will be added to the National Film Registry for posterity and preservation. Now, staying verbatim to this article, it looks like the films the Library of Congress have been adding to its archive since 1988 are selected for reflecting who we are as a people and as a nation. Annually, the National Film Registry selects 25 films showcasing the range and diversity of American film heritage to increase awareness for its conservation efforts. Hey, anytime we get some geek culture up in the Library of Congress, that is a win for us overall. So, hey, more power to them. On to our next piece of news. It looks like Ubisoft has announced a Splinter Cell remake. Now, with Ubisoft officially greenlighting the development of the remake of Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell, it's important to note that the remake will be developed by lead studio Ubisoft Toronto, which were the developers of Splinter Cell Blacklist, and it's going to be built from the ground up using the Snowdrop engine. Now, this is the engine that we're seeing within the Division games, the upcoming Avatar Frontiers of Pandora game, and the Ubisoft as yet untitled Star Wars games. Now, in an interview posted to the Ubisoft website, producer Matt West said, I think it kind of has to be a remake as opposed to a remaster. Although we're still in the very earliest stages of development, what we're trying to do is make sure that the spirit of the early games remain intact in all of the ways that gave early Splinter Cells its identity. Now, that's always awesome when you hear from the studio teams that they have that much passion behind the project. And I'm rather excited to test out this remaster and see what it has to hold. I love those games growing up. And I'm sure they're going to do an outstanding job on this. Let me know your comments down below. Now, on to our last piece of news. It looks like Sony wants to repair its relationship with its indie game partners. Now, back in July, a big group of indie publishers publicly called out Sony for its apparent ongoing dismissal of immersed challenges facing small developers trying to publish games on PlayStation. Now, Sony offered no official comment as of sort, but has just recently begun to take some action. Now, going off this IGN article where they look back at their conversations with these publishers at the time, a number of key issues were brought to light. Sony, indie publishers, and developers said had overly complex tools and forms, unclear processes, and poor communication with its indie partners when it came to getting answers, guidance, or issues resolved. They also expressed that while discoverability was an industry-wide issue, Sony was at best indifferent or worse actively adversal to these struggles, making PlayStation a very challenging platform for indie game sales. Now, some of the more significant changes we are seeing within the Sony process, one of which being the support ticket system, uh, previously being open for nine months, he now says response times are down to an average of five days with most responses coming within 24 to 48 hours. Meanwhile, others they spoke to who previously struggled with Sony's communication say that the issues have improved across the board. Now, also looks like Sony has been including more resources and links in its email since the initial complaints as well. You know, honestly, I don't have a whole lot to say about this. I think Sony should have been implementing these changes from the get-go. You always want to listen to the little guys and be there for them as much as your AAA titles because they're just as important to this gaming community. Now, with that being said, guys, that does wrap up this week in Geek, but stay tuned. We got those fresh posts coming right off the press 
And the first one we're going to be tackling today is going to be Teen Titans Academy issue number nine, written by Tim Sheridan, with art being done by Mike Norton and High Five. Now, Homecoming starts off with a bang with Wally West discovering that Roy Harper is back from the dead. And while they're embracing, we see Matthew Price is being caught in a rather hypnotic state with a pinkish glow emanating from his eyes. And while he's walking off, we see him gather up in a group with none other than Bolt, Trust, and Nevermore. And we have no idea where they're heading. Now we pivot back to Wally West just going crazy that Roy is back from the dead. We see him run as far as Canada to get his favorite food because it's discontinued here in the States. And while they're talking, he wants to know how Roy is back, but even Roy doesn't know. He just knows that his daughter is back with him and they have to find her. Now, as the celebration continues to grow, we see some of the Titans begin to wonder where these four went. But little do they know they are fighting each other to what looks like the brink of death under control by Simon. And that's when we're introduced to the Fearsome Five, bringing none other than Red X into the fold. I really enjoyed how they touched base on how half the students want to leave the school just with how everything is going on and just bringing some raw emotion into it and really capitalizing off of that. I think this series has just been phenomenal and I definitely can't wait for issue number 10. With that being said, we're going to be moving on to our next book of the week. I am Batman issue four, written by John Ridley, with art being done by Steven Segova and Christian Deuce. Now we begin this issue with Jace tracking down the seer to the garment district within Gotham, only to find that it's a mannequin with a device strapped to its face, transmitting the seer's voice. The seer lets him know that Tyler Arkadine was murdered, but the magistrate is just beginning. This isn't the end, and things aren't what they appear to be. Now their conversation is, of course, cut short as a group of revenge-seeking peacekeepers breach the wall, and all eyes are on Batman but he proves to be more than they bargained for as he quickly and swiftly dismantles them. Now at the Fox estate, we see a rather interesting fight happen as his father and mother are in a heated argument about his mother not shooting Batman, but little does Lucius know that was actually his son. Now Batman is able to track down Arkadine's murder, but he's not able to get much information before he blows his brains out right in front of him and things continue to go south as we see that Simon Saint is actually bailed from jail and he's out on the street free right now. Now, I Am Batman has been up in the ante with each and every page that I've read, and things are just getting more chaotic for our man Jace. As we're left wondering if he's going to be staying in Gotham or moving to New York, let me know your thoughts in the comments down below. Now, with that being said, we're going to be moving to our last book of the week, which is going to be Batman the Imposter Book 3, written by Madison Tomlin, with art being done by Andrea Sorrentino. Now, this issue begins with Bruce and Leslie going over his most recent encounter with Otis Flanagan. We then pivot to Otis being interrogated in the Gotham precinct, and he lets out that the Batman only wants to kill evil men, and he was just simply helping him. Now, while he realizes that he might have let out too much, he reaches for the officer's gun, is able to grab it, and then effectively blows his brains out. Now, before Otis was interrogated, Bruce was able to get some information out of him, discovering that the imposter lives behind a waterfall, which effectively narrowed his search within hundreds and hundreds of miles of sewers underneath Gotham. Now, as Bruce begins his search, we see Officer Troy is able to finally piece together everything she needs to to make the discovery that there are two Batman involved, and one of them may be the imposter. We pivot to Bruce, finding the imposter's lair, and he makes a rather interesting discovery of a custom-made gun with a squid on the casing. And that discovery is short-lived as the imposter rains hell on him. Now, as bullets rain down left and right, Batman is forced to go hand-to-hand -hand with this guy, and he quickly discovers that he's outmatched and outpaced. This imposter is built like a tank, hits just as hard as one, and has no fear and no panic at all. Now, as we see the imposter quickly get the upper hand on Bruce, we see that they have stumbled into a police ambush. And as Bruce is filled up with all these red dots, we're left with one burning question. Who could have alerted them so fast? Because there's only two of them down here. 
man oh man this book definitely took the bloody and brutal side of batman and just took it as far as it could go i recommend reading all three of them for a dark and sinister take on batman you definitely don't want to miss them with that being said that does wrap up our podcast for the week you can catch me on all of my respective social media platforms at twitch twitter instagram youtube and so much more at job for a cody and if you like today's video be sure to turn on subscriptions notifications and leave a comment let me know your favorite part of today's podcast but most importantly guys keep it geekly